Alright. Okay. I'm ready when you are. What's up, guys? Welcome to Drinking Inside the Box, Season 2, Episode 38, the season finale of Season 2. My name is Kelly, and with me is Gordon. Wow. What a final day. No, not like that. I really thought you were mad about something else. (laughs) Wow, I can't believe that you you introduced us the same way 38 episodes in a row. Wow. No originality. Sorry, we uh, open up some uh, Loverboy sparkling hard tea, and uh, it's delicious. It's pretty good. Um, I, they just started selling it in Illinois. Uh, zero sugar, ninety calories. We're drinking the white tea peach. Oh yeah, that should be right. white peach tea. That's why I just yeah. got so thrown off. It tastes like the Starbucks drink. Um, it's phenomenal. That's pretty good. But we're not sponsored, but I love them, so I'm so happy <laughs> that I live next to the grocery store that now sells them. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, they have a couple of different flavors too. Lemon, ginger, and pomegranate something. Oh. Getting fancy. All good. All right. But into the football because we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, if you don't like stats, you can turn it off now and re listen to all 37 episodes because today is statty. Yeah, we can keep this episode short and review this past week. Um, Man City won the league, <laughs> and now we're done. But we're not going to do that to you guys. <laughs> and that's for all the people that are going to shut the podcast up. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are sticking around, let's get into happenings, because we do have a couple of things we want to touch on before uh, we talk business. Correct. So the first one is from the NWSL. A 15-year-old named Olivia Moltieri has not only sued uh, the NWSL, uh but has won, and a court has ordered a court order has allowed her to join any NWSL team that she chooses if she's approached. Um, basically, under the ground. So the NWSL has a rule that you can't sign anybody under the age of eighteen. Well, she's suing them, saying that the men's side uh, has been able to, to sign plenty of players under the age of eighteen. Right? Doesn't think that's fair. Court agrees with her. Fifteen-year-old can sign with whoever she wants. So hopefully. Um, it's not like a Freddie Adu thing, and right. uh, they don't use her as a, a poster child for the league and kind of parade her around to all the different and cities. Stunt her growth. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think so. I think this is huge. Big things. So we should, I mean, at 15, if you think she, at 30 years old, she'll have been playing for 15 years. I mean, wow. we could see a lot. That's what have you four done World Cups. in the past 15 years? Almost four World Cups. Not Not a whole lot. No, you've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I've done a lot because I've, but like, not like anything massive. Um, <laughs> not like this. I didn't sign for an MWSL team, although none of them would take well, me. You can't. So. It'd be very difficult. A 29 year old male signs for the NWSL. If they say no, just sue. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, no, it's because of your skill level. And they'll be like, no, it's because I'm just a name drop Megan Rapino. Yeah, our biggest. <laughs> In other big news, uh, Zinedine Zidane has decided he's going to step down from the Real Madrid coach after his second stint with the team, uh, basically stating that uh, he was pissed off that they were not able to retain the title from the year before and lost out to Atletico Madrid on the final day, despite winning their final game. Um, And uh, he kind of wanted to take some time to decide how the club can go forward in the future in Real Madrid, being... Real Madrid. Zinedine Zidane, <laughs> being an ex-Real Madrid player, has decided that the best course forward for the club is without him. So, that right. massive news. So, we'll see who takes that helm. Yeah. I mean, you are your own worst enemy, and it, it sounds like that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. He definitely um, probably was a little bit too hypocritical about himself. Um, but, I mean, like I said, he is a, a club guy. So, I'm sure that really affected him. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Moving on. I don't even know who won the Europa League. You don't? No. Why don't I know that? It was today? Yeah, it was today. I didn't watch it today. Well, I mean, like, come on. It was in Poland on a Wednesday. I'm sure a lot of people missed it. Um, But Villarreal played Manchester United in Poland. Uh, Villarreal scored first 
29 minutes. Edison Cavani equalized after like 10 minutes after halftime of 55. Um, very lucky, very, very close that Edison Cavani's goal wasn't offsides. Um, but VAR took a look at it and agreed that it was a good goal. 90 minutes can separate them. 120 minutes can separate them. They went to penalties. All 11 players took penalties. David De Gea missed his. And lost for Manchester United. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe this is the first time hearing of this. Yeah, so Yikes. their goalie actually scored a really nice penalty. David De Gea stepped up and missed. Uh, a, a lot of people noted that David De Gea was terrible. Um... And it didn't look like he made much of an effort to save anything. Uh, Bruno Fernandez's shot was almost saved. Um, and it, it, the rain sort of helped the ball slide under the Villarreal keeper. But, um, yeah, Villarreal, that's their first major title ever. That's exciting, though. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Unfortunate for, uh, for United. A lot of people are pointing fingers at Ole about his, uh, substitution choices. There was lack of teeth. Um, and it looked like, uh, the big man, Sir Alex Ferguson, was trying to communicate something to him because at halftime he was having a heated conversation with with uh, one of the guys in the oh stands, and then God. that guy was seen at the touchline later on. So, um, yikes! Yeah. That's pretty funny. Interesting on that. Didn't go over well, but I'll I'll tell you here what happened. So Mason Greenwood was substituted for Fred. Uh, Eric Bailly, who. Uh, Took a ball off the line really nicely early in the second or the first half. Was substituted for the teenager Alex Twinzabi, and uh, Aaron Juan Bissaka was substituted for Juan Mata. What? And Paul Pogba was taken off for Daniel James. Are all these guys that are getting subbed in leaving? No, I don't. I don't know. Also, Fred Juan Mata. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He pulled them out of the. Interesting. Yeah, so you take Paul Pogba off before penalties. You take uh, the speed of Aaron Wamasaka and replace him with an old Juan Mata. Yeah. Uh, you know, Eric Bailly, who's been a stalwart in that Manchester United defense, is taken out for a teenager, Axel Twanzebe. Mason Greenwood, who's been on fire, replaced for a defensive midfielder, Fred. It just uh, it didn't make a lot of sense, and a lot of people were really – a lot of Man United fans were really pissed, so – yeah, I can see why. I would be pissed too. Shocking. Definitely I would be so shocking. pissed. Well, let's get into some of the stats because it's, it was another phenomenal Premier League season in the books. Um, Gordon took the time to write down all the stats. We'll just do every other. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all this time, yeah, but we'll do it. Uh, so it was eight months, 11 days, 380 games. There was 297 wins and 38 ties. 83 ties. Oh, yeah. 83. Wow. Dyslexia. Lizdexia. Well, 1,024 goals. 224 clean sheets. This is my favorite stat, folks. This is it coming up. 42 own goals. And who had them all? 50 red... Oh, I have to look. No, wait. Who was the one guy who kept every week for like the past... It was like three weeks in a row he had an own goal. Oh, my God. Who was it? Oh, well, Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson. Oh. Poor Craig. Poor one out. Craig. Hang on. I can tell you who got the stats. Let's see. Poor one out for him. More stats. That's for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, crosses. I'm just going to get into it and let's see. Who do you think it was? A goalkeeper. Uh, for, the, for the, no, a team. Like, which team had the most own goals? Everton. No. Right, with Craig, yeah. Five. West Ham United, five. I don't know why I said Everton when I knew Craig. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Red cards. Who do you think had the most? There was 50 red cards in total. Tottenham. Who do you think had the most red cards? Tottenham. Let's see here. Brighton Hove Albion with six. I was thinking Tottenham because of that one defender. Arsenal with five. Oh, yeah. Eric. Oh, no. um, Aguirre. Serge Aurea, yep. Yep. Uh, 75 goal line clearances, 138 penalties. And 136 of them were united. Wow, why, do I, why did I just sound wasted there? <laughs> uh-huh. I had three sets of uh-huh. 136 are united. 
let's see. Calls from penalties. Leicester City and Manchester United both tied with 10. Uh, penalties scored. Shocker. Pen- that, 16 penalties yeah, 16 saved, penalties though. Saved, that's a big one. 298 cross, uh, cross <laughs> <laughs> crossbars hit. Uh, let's see. Hit the woodwork. Who do you think had the most times that they smashed against the woodwork? Team-wise? Uh-huh. Um, Liverpool. Tottenham Hotspur is at 24. West Ham at twenty three, Aston Villa at twenty two, Manchester United at twenty, or Manchester City at twenty. Who do you think had the least? Newcastle, Sheffield five. Oh, duh, that makes sense. <laughs> that was had stupid. Twelve, and then we had twenty four managers. Which Name them all. I'm just kidding. We don't have time for that. <laughs> oh my God. But for real. Name them. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Could I? No. God, no. <laughs> so, uh, most goals went to Harry Kane, the 23. Mom um, Salah got 22. Uh, Kane also got the most assists at 14. Second was Bruno Fernandes. And what do you get for most assists? Do you get like, a silver boot? Yeah, something like that. Oh. Just like a thumbs up from the league. <laughs> nice job. Bruno Fernandes is a KDB with 12. Uh, uh, oh, who is that? Hernandez? I don't even know. It's not Diaz. Oh, Rodrigo. It's Rodrigo. Sorry, it has his full name on there. Oh, what is his full name? Hernandez Casante Rodrigo. Oh, Rodrigo. I was like, who the hell is that? Uh, he had 2,785 passes this season. Dang. Yeah. Edison Cavani, or Edison Cavani. Ederson with the most clean sheets at 19. Mendy with 16, which is funny because he like came in halfway through the season. Yeah, but he had like a really good two months. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. Uh... Most goals, obviously, scored by Manchester City at 83. Um, Manchester City also had the most clean sheets. Liverpool at 862 crosses this year. So just some kind of crazy stats. Here's the best stats, I think, or the crazy ones that you don't think about. The ones Um, that are just wild. So despite finishing third and second retrospectively, uh, Liverpool were at the top of the table for 139 days, and Manchester United... Or sorry, in the top four. Uh, and Manchester United had 155 days in the top four. Manchester City only 130. Uh, and Manchester City could have, comp- uh, they did complete the treble of the men's league titles this season. They won the Premier League, the Premier League two, which is the reserve Premier League, and also the U18s Premier League. Unfortunately, they finished second in the women's Super League behind Chelsea. Uh, and then Zach Steffens, uh, Manchester City's goalkeeper is the first United States player to win the title and making him the first Premier League title winning representative from a nation of more than 33 million people. Wow. Yes. Incredible. That's crazy. Here's some other crazy stuff. Sergio Aguero managed to bow out, breaking Wayne Rooney's Premier League record for the most goals scored with one club. Aguero netted twice against Everton on the final day. They won 5-0. Yeah. Um, to take his tally to 184 league goals for Manchester City. Wow. That's epic. Um, th- Scott Carson, 35-year-old, starting goal for Manchester City against Newcastle on May 14th. It marks the veteran's first Premier League appearance in a decade. His last top flight outing came against West Brom in 2011. Wow. 3,643 days between appearances is unsurprisingly the longest between games. Dang. That's incredible. That's awesome. And then obviously Allison scored the header, which is the one of only six players to do it. Uh, Leicester City suffered a disappointing end of the 2020-2021 season, missing out on Champions League qualification. Leicester City has spent 242 days inside the top four, more than in the last two seasons, more than any other club. Only see it slip away at the very end. In the last two seasons, Leicester City has spent 93% of two seasons in top four and have not finished in top four. Dang, that's sad. Crazy. That's very sad. Leicester City can take some solace in the fact that Kalina Echenach, Ian Acho has become the first Premier League player to ever score on every day of the week in the same season. That's a sweet stat. I, I like, like that. that. Yeah, I do too. Tottenham's uh, forward... Heck of a guy. Tottenham's forward Gareth Bale averaged a goal every 84 minutes in the Premier League. A record only bettered once by a player to have made 10 or more appearances in a season. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the only player to beat Gareth Bale's record. 
That's kind of funny. Uh, Joe Willock, the was a on loan from Newcastle. Um, he moved away from a relegating side to a 12th place finish, um, winning five of their last eight games for Newcastle. 21-year-old midfielder scored in seven consecutive games for Newcastle, powering them up to the middle of the table, matching a club record set by Alan Shearer in 96. And as we just know, Alan Shearer was uh, nominated into the Premier League Hall of Fame. One of the first. That's a big one. Uh, Chris Wood is now ranked among the most consistent strikers in the Premier League. Wood is only one of seven players to have reached the 10-goal mark in each of the past four top-flight seasons. Harry Kane, Mohamed Salah, Jamie Vardy, Lacazette, Human Song, and Sadio Mane. Wow. Chris Wood. So congratulations to him. Not shocked there. He had a great end of the season. Great season, I should say. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then the managers that we lost, Jose Marino, left Tottenham. On his own account, uh, Chris Wilder stepped away from Sheffield. Frank Lampard was fired from Chelsea. Slavin Vilic was fired from West Brom. And Sam Allardyce, Roy Hodgson, and Nuno Espirito Santo have decided to leave their clubs at the end of the game. This is actually the lowest number of managerial changes witnessed during a season since 05 06. Wow. That's some good shit. It is some good shit. Well, let's get into our... Gordon broke it up, down some categories just so us to... Oh, wait. A way for us to wrap up the season. These are hitting hard. Just These 4.2%, man. <laughs> just a way for us to just kind of go over the season. Um, this season has felt longer than 8 months, 11 days. It has. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's just get right on into it. So, our first one is best team and worst team. And I put a giant question mark on that because, like, I felt like after I put it down, I was like, that's a dumb question. Well, obviously, the best team is the one that won the league, right? Well, yeah, you could look at it that way. Okay, so for me, um, one of my best teams would have to be Liverpool. And I know everyone's rolling their eyes right now. But they came in as the the reigning champs. Mm -hmm. Um, within the first few weeks, their, their center back is taken out by Jordan Pickford. And then after that, um, it is injury after injury for them. They, they shoot up to the top of the table. And then after winter, after January, it just, it just is a downhill race for them. Yeah. They had, I mean, and then there was, there was hope of Champions League, but then there wasn't, and they managed to, to finish third in the league with half of their players injured, n- literally barely any defenders. Um, yeah, they were ninth with 10 yeah. games to go. So I would say that would classify them as the best team. Um, a worst team for me, I think that's easy. Sheffield United. Everything about that team just was very confusing. Last season, they were phenomenal. This season, it wasn't even like the same players were on the, the field, the pitch. Oh, those are good. You took that a lot better than I did. I have Manchester <laughs> City is the best team and Sheffield is the worst team. I didn't think about that at all. Okay, well, I put two more. So another okay. best team for me is Chelsea. Okay. Um, because they they started off well. Last season was difficult. Frank Lampard was the, their co- man, new manager. A bunch of young players and it was kind of a hit or miss season for them this season they came in a little bit these young guys they're on their second season now they're still young frank lampard's still the coach they were doing so well then they really struggled and they got a brand new coach um there was a couple new signings and they still managed to finish um top five and they're in the champions league final so that qualified and for me another worst team was everton um, they had, they started off real hot. Mid season was just okay. And towards the end of the season, I, I don't even think they simply cared. Yeah. It was that- a huge digression that was, I enjoyed watching them and it made me mad because if any new fans started watching them, like, I like this team. Well, I guarantee that they don't feel the same way anymore because yeah, they lost them. They, it was, it was just pathetic in my eyes. Yeah. And that, I think that went under the radar because I think we like, they finished where I thought they'd finish really. You know? Yeah. Um, but their start was so surprising. They won right. their first seven games in a row. Right. Um, yeah, so that was just an interesting. I just. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. So um, you're still good with your two best and worst teams? Yeah, I mean, now I feel embarrassed. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't really. I put a lot of thought in the. Don't worry, guys. Like, 
I put a lot of thought in the other ones. I was just like, well, that's a simple question. Um, I'm glad that you cared something else. So moving on, then most and least entertaining teams. I'll let you lead this one. Uh, my most entertaining teams has to be Leeds. I don't think there was a – I really enjoyed watching that. I don't think I, there was a game where I was like, yeah. ugh. I mean, sometimes Leeds were ugh, but the game yeah. was awesome. Leeds was one of mine as well. I mean, how could I not? Uh, my least – well, go ahead and say your most entertaining. Um, so my most was Leeds, but I'll also throw in um, Leicester City. Okay. I love They're Leicester City. I love all the players. I mean, their good games were good and their bad games was almost in- just as entertaining because <laughs> Casper Schmeichel shut down and I feel like every time a goal went and he threw a fit. So I enjoyed watching them. Uh, least entertaining for me then was – at. A tie between Newcastle and Crystal Palace. Okay, those are great ones. I also want to throw in the Wolves. I oh, I hated yeah. them. This, they were they exactly were you forgot about them because they were so unenjoyable. Adamo Triori. Yeah, where were you this season? They were actually. Were you there? One of my. They were part of my honorable mentions of another category. But yeah, keep going. Um. No. So they just they did nothing for me this season. I like that one. Um. Yeah, it was same with Newcastle, Crystal Palace. Newcastle, and it might have just been fans. Like, both sets of fans, Newcastle more than Crystal Palace. But um, Newcastle, like, usually has a really good fan base. They're an exciting team. They can also take points off the big six. I just felt that they just meandered all. Like, we just said with uh, Willock. It's just like, until the last couple of games of the season, they were not good. They were, right. like, flirting with relegation all season long. I agree. I mean, I really think that had Fulham or um, West Brom or Sheffield had a good season, I think we could, we'd be talking about Newcastle United down there. I agree with you. Um, moving on then, yeah. most surprising positive of the season. I'll let you start. Uh, for me, my most surprising positive um, started with the, it was, it was actually the players taking action in, um, all of the, the racism and things that escalated during this league. Um, the league let them take a knee before every game. The players realized then that that wasn't working. It just became a part of the game and they all took a stance and they all worked together and they, they took things in their hands and made their playing environment much better. By doing so. So for me, that was such a surprising positive because, you know, you see like different athletes speaking out, but you've never seen it as a whole like that. And I honestly, I love that. I didn't. No, I did too. That was, that was actually most surprising. It was definitely a positive. They have led the charge really in most respects, especially against the like social media bullying. So yeah. hopefully uh, that continues in the next season. Um, again, I feel embarrassed because mine's about. Just the, the game. Uh, I think United's away form this year, they won or they were behind in 11 away games and won nine of them. They took, I think it was 31 points from away games this year. Their home okay. form was terrible. It was among the worst in the league uh, if it wasn't for Sheffield United. But their away form was, inc- I mean... To be behind in 11 away games and win nine of them and not lose a single away game right. this year. I agree. That's, I think that's pretty incredible it stat. Is, yeah, it's super impressive. Um, and Or Liverpool's injury crisis. Or no, sorry, that's it, the most surprising. Never, all right, never, never. <laughs> okay, well, going right into the negative then. Would be for you, yeah. Liverpool's injury crisis. Yeah, it was that super can kind of be negative and, and positive. Um, but I can see why you say it's super surprising. I feel like things like that happen to the, the teams that's not ever your team. And then. I don't think it's uh, like the, the amount of minutes that players lost this year. Yeah, it that was, it, that was brutal. And then four center backs, four, like one position. Yeah, one after the other. It was, there's just a sniper in the, in the stadium. Well, if you think about like Laporte injured last year. And City's season collapsed. And a lot of people say that the reason they didn't really challenge Liverpool was because they lost Laporte. One center back. Liverpool right. lost four. four. Still managed to finish third. Crazy. Why they're one of my best teams. Unbelievable. I agree. Uh, for me, the surprising negative was going back to the Arsenal-Wolves game when uh, David Luiz and uh, Raul Jimenez collided heads. 
and Jimenez shattered, crushed, like shattered his skull. David Luiz clearly looked concussed, and they allowed him to play. And the man just wandered around the field confused. And then halftime came, and he never made it back out. Um, that was that was Shocking. something that will be stuck in my head, I think, forever as a sports fan. Um, it was actually discuss- it was disgusting to watch. Um, the fact that they just let him go back on the pitch and play a game was to me that was just so unbelievable. And it was actually really sad to watch a player like Raul Jimenez get injured as well. I hate watching players get injured in the whole season too. Um, yeah, so that was that was brutal for me, and I I just think it was absolutely absurd. That no one took a stance and said, we need to get this guy off the pitch. Yeah. And, you know, like a lot of people were like, well, he wanted to play. Well, yeah, these guys, the reason well, they, they play in the EPL is yeah, because they're competitors. Of course he wants to play. But, like, you need to. And then, uh, weird, right after that, rules are made in concussions. Yep. That should have been always handled. And then the first team to use the rules was the Wolves with Patricio. Yeah. Which is sad, but yeah. That was awful, too. That was my negative of the season. All right, uh, moving on. Favorite game. This was difficult, and I'm sure you have a few. So I picked I picked one. I had a, a group of five or f- four, and I pe- I was like, I got to pick one, and then I'll do honorable mentions. Okay. So it's kind of surprising. I don't know if you can remember. I don't know if you can remember. I don't know if you out there listening to us can remember. The very first game of the season, uh, Liverpool 4 leads 3. Oh, yeah, that was an intense game. Uh, Leeds, the champions of the championship. Liverpool, the defending champions of the Premier League. Uh, Marco Bielsa walked into Anfield and was like, I don't care who the fuck you are. This is how we're playing. Yeah. It was like back and forth and back and that forth. That was a fun game. 1-1 one, one, or 1-0, one, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3, 4-3. It was like, wow, This it kind of set the pace for this season. And a huge run for Liverpool's money. Yeah, and I will say that I believe this year is the most um, the most goal ratio that we've ever had, or the highest goal ratio okay. since 1930. That makes sense. There yep. was a lot of goals. I felt like we always started off with the week like there were so many goals. 3.79 goals per match. That's the highest there's ever been since the 1930-31 season. Wow. Insane. I'll let you – you can finish off your best games. Oh, uh, so my honorable mentions was Manchester City 2, Leicester 5, where there's three penalties. Yep. Vardy scores two of them, and then he gets substituted, and yep. Nacho takes a penalty. Was that one of yours? I can – you want to take the next – take the next one. We can just go back. Okay, back. so going off that game, that one was one of my favorite games. Um, mostly with the Vardy, you know, coming Inacho off. could come on. Come on, but – what makes it even fun? So my next game that I love was the week after Leicester City plays West Ham, coming off an incredibly amazing game and loses three zero. Oh yeah, yeah. So those are my two. There, it's like one game, but those are like my two favorite. You have a phenomenal week beating uh, Man City five two, and then the next week you're on your high horse, and then you lose to West Ham three zero. Right. Wow. Yeah, I totally forgot West Ham. <laughs> yeah. That. Um, and that's kind of when, like, they were always up there. Yeah. Because uh, one of mine is West Ham, too. Uh, they were down 3 nothing to Tottenham at halftime. That was a great game. And they won 3, or they tied 3-3. Three, three. I struggle to find games, and all you're saying, like, all these games, I'm like, duh, duh, yeah. duh. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I had to go back. I looked at, like, every week, and I'm like, hmm, look at the scoreline first. You just made me think of uh, man- my manager moment. <sighs> Thank you. Of course. Uh, do you, you have another just, one? Uh, no, those are my two. I got two more. Uh, West Brom 5, Chelsea 2. When uh, I don't Great think game. you watched Oh, was that the one that you missed? I, there was one that big one that you missed. That was when I was in Colorado. I, it was traveling. I was moving one, one of my friends across right. the, the one end of the country. And it was like a very yes, early yes. game. And like you guys had just gotten to the hotel at like 4 o'clock in the morning or something. Yes. And the game was like a, kick, a, a 5 o'clock kickoff your time. No, I was in North Carolina, and we had traveled all night, all day, and it was, we went to bed, and going off of, like, two hours of sleep, so it was, like, get up at 5 a.m. and only get another couple hours of sleep, or 
just sleep. And I was like, I'm sleeping. And then I wake up because like, all important text messages. And it's like, oh my god, like this. I'm like, oh, I just woke up. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Such a good game. That was and then that's game. back when I was convinced that West Brown were going to pull off the Great Escape. Yeah. Because I was like, they had just won that game. I think they tied a game and won a game in their last three. So they had, they took seven out of nine points. Right. And I was like, this is the kind of form. And you go to Stanford Bridge and beat Chelsea 5-2. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way. Um, and my next one, and I don't know if it was just fresh in my brain, and it was kind of like a redemption. And I, I do know that Cancelo was sent off in the 10th minute. But Brighton 3, Manchester City 2. <laughs> I just... I love that game. It's it just, yeah. It was a woohoo. They needed that. They needed <laughs> they that. Did. So, yeah, sorry for uh, <laughs> listing almost every game this season. Moving on to favorite players. I feel like I might be able to guess. No, I'm not going to try and guess. Um, this was kind of difficult for me because I had to go back in my notes and, like, look at my performance of the weeks and things like that. Um, so I have a couple written down. Off of players that I talk, I feel like I talked a lot about and that I generally like. Starting off with like my number one, my main favorite player, Mo- I mean, Virgil van Dijk is, but I can't, he wasn't in the season, but, uh, Mosala, just one of my all time. And I know you're all like, all you've done is bitch about him the last four <laughs> weeks. All you've done. And I get that, but I'll always love Mosala. I, I love him as a yeah. player. I love the culture behind him, everything. Um, and then Dominic Calvert Lewin for, um, Everton, just an all-star kid, just came out of the woodworks. I mean, I had to mention him here because I talked about him so much. Um, Burn Leno was on a lot of my mentions, the goalkeeper for Arsenal. So I felt like I had a credit on him. He may be one of my favorite goalies right now. Um, I, I don't know if it's because his name's Burned, and I love uh, we said saying a lot. his name. Um, but my last and final favorite player of the season, um, Patrick Banford. Um, the twenty-three-year-old oh, yeah. kid um, uh, forward from Leeds that uh, just, nobody thought could no. transition into the Premier League. And he, man, did he transition! I what, mean, he, he had a little eleven or twelve goals. It was um, he got more than 10. on my other notes. It was written down oh. thirteen goals and seven assists. Yeah. I want to say and that's an incredible return yeah. for somebody that's never played the Premier 38 League. Thirty-eight Prem appearances or something. Yeah, I think I could be wrong. I had a whole other notebook. It was like a brand new notebook, and I'm like, don't write in that notebook. That's not your soccer notebook. <laughs> I did it because I couldn't resist, and I started using it for work, and I left it in the office. So uh, I had that. I had those numbers written down. I've got uh, my all the best player I think this year in the fact that he took on a role that wasn't his and performed admirably. Um, Fabinho for Liverpool. Yeah, I think great one choice. One of the best. Uh, the most, I don't know anybody Simply else the in the best. league that could have done that. That could have dropped from midfield to defense and had so many clean sheets and so many crucial tackles and kind of stepped up when Liverpool like really needed yeah. him. Um, but it was really nice when we started to really have confidence in our young center backs to l- allow him to go into the midfield because it definitely changes the way that Liverpool plays. But he was one of my top guys. Absolutely. Uh, and then I had a double whammy from Villa, uh, Martinez, the goaltender. Yeah. 142 saves, 15 clean sheets, and only 46 goals against this year. Um, and then his counterpart all the way at the other end, Ollie Watkins. Um, first season in the league, 14 goals, nine assists. Great choices. I mean, uh, I think both of those guys really had a great season for Villa. Um, and I, I couldn't not mention them. And then I guess maybe Sam Johnstone. Like, you know, they got relegated. A lot of goals went in for West Brom. But, like, I mean, I thought he was really good. I think he 166 saves. I yeah, he was a great goal. It was hard. I, the goalkeepers were all pretty good this year. They were, yeah. Except for De Gea. And uh, Schmeichel didn't have a good season. Oh, gosh, Schmeichel. <laughs> um, well, moving on to this. I like this category. The, the goal? Uh, we skipped goals. Oh, we did. Favorite goals. Oh, no. You don't have a favorite goal? I didn't write it down oh. on this one. Oh, well, I got a few. Well, what was my favorite goal? I don't know. Oh, well, this will be easy. I mean, the best goal of this season was Allison Becker's goal. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, you now you tell yours, because I'm sure I'll remember them, but that was written down on my paper. I knew I forgot one. Uh, 
uh, Lanzini's, who plays for uh, West Ham United, when he scored the three-three equalizer against Tottenham, it was like a like a sixteen-yard bomb. Um, I enjoyed that one. Then the most beautiful goal I think of all this season, and it's a little biased, but I have done, and this is my exact notes: TAA to uh, to Power Cube to Salah versus West Ham United, and Power Cube is Shakiri, um, <laughs> and just the pass from Trent to Shakiri, he like does a little. Cute little flick to Salah, and Salah like slots it in yeah. the far left corner, like the prettiest goal all season. And when like Liverpool like really needed it too, um, so I thought that was massive. Um, but I think the best goal besides Allison's, right? Because that's a, also a very important goal too. It's like a very crucial goal in right. in, in Liverpool season. But uh, Eric Lamella scored a Rabona against Arsenal. I don't know if you remember that. Top of the box, off a corner, off a cleared cleared corner. It comes to him right on the edge of the 16-yard box. I don't think I do. Or the 18-yard box. And he, like, just... And it goes through, like, three defenders' legs. You have to look it up. It's so nice. Okay. It's Wait. so nice. Say it again. Eric Lamella's. Lamella's, yes. Yep, his uh, Rabona against Arsenal. This is sweet little... I sort of remember that. Once you see it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, Moving on, then. Best save. Well, you we got to go back to your favorite category now. Oh, my God. The shit talk Sorry, category. Yeah. Uh-huh. I did one player, one coach, one team. Oh, nice. I didn't. I have a team and a player. I'll put a manager. Um, The player that I love to shit talk the most... I want you to guess my player. That you love to shit talk the most. Uh-huh. Jordan Pickford. Correct. <laughs> Jordan Pickford. The MFR yeah. is mediocre and he destroyed Virgil Van Dyke's season. Yeah. I will forever hate you, Jordan Pickford. Forever. Guess who my manager is? The manager that you love to shit talk the most. Brendan Rogers? No. Uh, <laughs> Tuchel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'll forever hate you, too. You did nothing. You didn't make Frank Lampard lose his job. But you're the guy who stepped in. I'm not blaming Blue is just not your color, sir. <laughs> and that's all you wear. Blue shoes, blue sweatpants, blue Probably puppy blue coat, underwear. blue hat, <laughs> blue eyes. Oh, my God. Um, and then my last shit talk team. Do I make you guess? Oh, well, there's a few that you consistently shit talk. I don't know why I said consistently. <laughs> consistently shit talk. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, let me get a two for here. Uh, Newcastle or Everton? Newcastle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you did not like Newcastle this year. <laughs> this season, Newcastle did nothing for me, and I wanted to put them in the least entertaining, the worst team, but I <laughs> but I saw the shit talk category. I'm like, nah, I'm going to save them for then. Newcastle, to me, is nothing. They... We could just have a minus one team, and it could be Newcastle, and I wouldn't even notice. That's how much I just dislike them. It's, it's like the only thing that's up here right now is the Newcastle game. <laughs> I haven't gotten the rest of the stuff up. The only, st- the only team in here is supporting is Newcastle. No, there's a Liverpool thing right here. Where, oh, I can't see that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And over there. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I haven't gotten the rest down here. So the only team other than Newcastle, or Liverpool. Um, all right, so my shit talk team, I have a love and a hate shit talk team. Okay. Uh, Brighton was my love shit talk team. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Brighton is your your true love. but And uh, Everton was my hate shit talk team. We're like, I shit talk them for because I yeah. enjoyed their failure. Yeah. Brighton, I shit talk them because I was upset by their hate. <laughs> <laughs> I was upset by their failures. I was like let down. Every time I wanted to love you, Brighton. You <laughs> it just makes down. me laugh because you were their only fan, I think. It was up and down. They were great. I hated them. And then like the podcast was released on Friday. I hated them in that podcast. And then that weekend they'd play really well. And then the next podcast I'd be like, I'm back on the Brighton train. And then that weekend they would uh, they would not do, be doing well. So um, <laughs> my favorite player to shit talk was David Luiz. 
David Luiz. Yeah, he's easy. Yeah, it's definitely a pantomime yeah. villain. Yep, psychopath. <laughs> and then like uh, my favorite, and I just added this now, so not much thought into this one, but because you had a manager, I said Ole because, you know, Manch- it's hard to remember easy. that Manchester United didn't really do well in the beginning of the season. And, like, we were kind of, like, laughing about, oh, Ole, we thought he had the everything figured out and look at him now (laughs) and then it's it went really well and i was like oh no like they're doing well and then now they just kind of once they decided that they were going to feel the shit team against lester yeah and then they also then lost to liverpool the next week and then they just lost to villarreal for like the worst coaching decisions possible like you can lose a final Especially in penalties, like, and your goalkeeper misses it, like, what? He's not, he's not training for penalties. I understand that. But, like, when you don't help your team out at all, that's. Give them nothing. Yeah. I agree. That's my shit talks. I totally agree. And this is, maybe we should add a shit talk category every week. Every week. (laughs) We should. For season three. Yeah, we should. Um, all right. Moving on to best saves then. So I had a save written down. I cannot remember it for the life of me. I wrote it down when the script first came out. So this was just what came to the top of my head today while I was trying to redo my script. Match week nine. And why this save came up and not like a save from last week. Match week nine. Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Burnley wins 1-0. All because of Nick Pope's point blank save to keep Burnley in the game. Was it against Benteke? I think so. I'm trying to remember it. It's kind of funny because I have two written down, and both of them are Nick Pope, too. So he must <laughs> have been a really weird. damn good goalie. He, I was actually checking fantasy today, and he finished top of the fantasy like table. Most oh, points. really? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go. And he was my goalkeeper. There you go. I didn't even check to see what place I, I finished. I didn't want to. Me, I was me leading either. for... I was literally... Yes. I was leading for so long, and then I... Didn't do well. Anyways, uh, so my mm-hmm. best save, then I'll also have one. This one's better than the first one. Uh, Nick Pope's uh, triple save in October. I don't know what match week. I'm sorry, but it was in October against uh, West Brom. That was a phenomenal. I should. Uh, I remember that one. There was it almost, and he would have saved it too. It was almost a quadruple save, but I think it hits. Oh, man. I forget who it hits in the back. I think it was Tarkovsky. I think it hits Tarkovsky in the back. There's two quick saves. He saves both of them. It kind of comes back out. Next shot comes in. No. I got it wrong. It's a save. Comes back out. It's a rebound shot. It comes off Tarkovsky. It goes all the way out. They shoot from far. He saves it. And then there's like a point blank toe poke. And he saves that. Got it. Wow. Yeah, sorry. No, I just like loved it. So it was good. It's in my. It's fresh in my brain. <laughs> um, what was your other? Oh, that was two, your both, right? Yeah. Um, best signing. We're gonna do best and worst signing. Please note that these are our opinions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't just like. We didn't look into wh- stats. And- <laughs> no, this is personally my opinion. My first best signing. I have two. Uh, Ben Chilwell for Chelsea. Okay. I loved. I loved his, how he played. He was one of my top players. Um, this year, I yeah. thought he uh, did really well in Chelsea. Consist- definitely yes. consistent. Yes, very player. consistent. Um, how many do you have? I've got three. Okay, I'll just do my two. And my second one, and you'll probably laugh, um, Cavani for United. Oh, I mean, I mean... Every time he played, he either he scored a goal, goals. And, and I thought he was a phenomenal. Um, I don't think that playing every game for 90 minutes would have do- done them good, but as a substitute when he did, he always it was always positive. Well, if you think about what they bought him for, he passed with flying colors. I right. think he did better than they wanted. They just wanted somebody, and especially he came at a great time because Rashford and Greenwood were kind of like going off the boil a little bit. Fernandez, it was clear, couldn't carry the team every single game. They needed somebody to come on the 70th minute and, right. and at least create some chances. And he did, and most and of the time he scored. Time he scored. And, yeah. yeah, some really nice goals. So, yeah, I can see that. That's a nice little pickup there, too. Um, who are your three? Uh, my first one and the most obvious, I think, uh, of this year, Ruben Diaz. Yes. Uh, for Manchester City. Um, you know, struggled last year without Laporte, which is kind of funny because Laporte was not mentioned almost at all this year. No, barely. Um, but that's Ruben- actually funny. I, I was looking at Laporte's stats today and was like looking up how many games he played. Like it was, he didn't start a lot of much. games. I was shook. No, which is going to lead me to like final thoughts. Um, 
but I'll say that for the final thoughts. Very good. Um, but yeah, Ruben Diaz, I mean, City told one player, you know, they already had a fantastic, phenomenal team. He, right. but he was just like, yep, this is the corner piece. <laughs> they plop that in, and then you could, you could make the whole picture. Right. Whatever it was. And I thought he played phenomenal. He allowed the creativity and free flowing in the midfield. He allowed, um, the quick counterattacking and, and the link between the midfield and defense. I just, I thought it was, He's an amazing player. I think it's the best signing of the season. I agree. Um, good, but not as great. Uh, I think Ali Watkins coming from the championship. Um, I believe he was at Nor- uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, just an unproven guy and was really part. I mean, he scored a hat trick against right. Liverpool. Um, but he was really part of Aston Villa being like up and around the top 10 all season. Sure. And then also from Villa, and I already mentioned both these guys already, but Martinez, I just like the second life that he got moving from Arsenal. Like when you make a, a move from a big club and you're still sort of in your prime. Yeah. And you go to somebody that was, you know, in a relegation scrap last year. And you're thinking like, yeah, I'm, this is the twilight of my career. Sure. And I like he was one of the best keepers in the league this year. So I thought it was a phenomenal pickup by Villa. Nice and cheap for him. And definitely solidified their back because I don't know if you remember last year, but Pepe Reina was the goalkeeper for Aston Villa. I remember. So oh, uh, great times. Much I think it was a much <laughs> much improved. I think option. so too. No, I think that that was that's a phenomenal answer. That was my favorite one. Um, moving on to worst signings. Um, for me, Timo Werner Werner was man the worst think... signing. I yeah. Everyone hyped him up, and I found him extremely unuseful on the field. Offsides a lot. He was super fast, but you can never tell. I think that he knows that he's a phenomenal player, and he plays well when he's the center of attention. And on Chelsea, that's just not the the vibe there. Um. So yeah, him and even um Havertz just uh, mediocre signings for me. Havertz like came to life after Tuchel came. Yeah, but Werner never clicked. No, but watch, I, he'll score like three goals in the final, the Champions whatever. League final. Uh, my other one was Rian Brewster for oh, Sheffield yeah. United. That was mine. Um, I didn't see a point of him go. I did see a point of him going, but he barely played. And when he did, he was terrible, he, very terrible. And we've seen him play. We've seen him play in real life too. Um, I, I like really thought it was the next big thing for yeah. Liverpool. And we were super excited to go have him go to Sheffield. Playing time, everything. Yep. Uh, just, I don't know if that was truly a bad signing or if that was just more of like uh, disappointing because I was one of his like fans. Yeah, twenty almost twenty four million pounds. I mean, and then where they end up on the table, and I don't think he scored a single goal this right. year. I mean, I didn't think that he was going to bring them out of relegation, but I thought he would have been more beneficial to the team. Yeah, I mean, just. But also, did he really even have a chance to be? Yeah. Or did he get his chance? I think he they gave him chance in the beginning, and I don't think he took him. And they're like, eh, maybe he just needs like to like acclimate, yeah, to, to Sheffield. And I and then it was like, all right, we'll introduce him in the seventieth minute. We'll introduce him in the seventieth, and nothing and nothing. Yeah. He didn't add anything. And also, like the club was struggling too, so like it was just a really bad combination for both the player yeah, and the club. I agree. But yeah, that was mine. Oh, and. uh Maybe two mentions. One, only maybe only Liverpool fans know this one, but Ben Ben Davis from uh, Preston North End to Liverpool. Yeah. I, I'm a Liverpool fan. I barely even know that one. We bought him to play center back. I don't even think he was ever in in a like a substitute bench. No, I don't think so either. Huge waste of money there. They didn't spend a lot on him, but like, still, you can you imagine save, being save like. Your money. Oh my god! I'm going to Liverpool. This is amazing. And, then and you don't even get to see the pitch play. ever. Like you only see it from a TV. Part of me thinks that like Liverpool were panicking so much with all those center back injuries. For sure, a panic. And move. somebody sure. was just like, "This guy's available," and they're like, oh, "Let's just do it." Yeah, um, I agree. And then the other one would be Donny Van de Beek. I like can't even really remember. I mean, I know he played, but I I thought he was going to be. I think for me, the reason I have worth signing here. Um, is this because I thought he was going to be bigger than something he, better he than was. what he was? Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, moving on, manager moments. Um, this one I really struggled with, and then one hit my hit me. 
while Gordon was talking. Um, this was pretty much just like favorite manager moment. I mean, I have favorites. I have non-favorites. Like non-favorites was seeing Lampard getting sacked from Chelsea. Yeah. Um, another non-favorite was seeing Jurgen Klopp kind of go through that breakdown that was led by like stress of being the reigning champions, having your so many injuries, and just like seeing some of his interviews like that just wasn't who he was. Right. Um, but my favorite manager moment was actually Jurgen Klopp and James Milner, like two people that I really love. Um, and James Milner is just, he's not the best player, but he gives you 100% every time the he plays. The most reliable person. Forget what game it was, but Liverpool, they were struggling to score. Um, I think it was when I was in Colorado. They were playing Leicester City. Okay. Um, Jurgen Klopp subs out James Milner. And James Milner necessarily wasn't having like a bad game, but like Milner, like, Comes off the pitch and then, you know, he's like, well, huffed. Jürgen, yeah, Jurgen Klopp like goes up and he's kind of just like, why, like, why did you just sub me out? Like, why did you do that? And Jurgen kind of just like laugh, they're laughing, shoes him off, like, go, go sit down, like, you'll realize it. And I want to Diago, I think, was the substitute in, scores before James he didn't Milner. He sit down. He wasn't it was even on a corner, three right? feet yeah, on away corner. from Jurgen Klopp, and they both just, like, turned around, and Jurgen just, like, points to the pitch and, like, nods his head, and Milner just, like, lips, like, yeah, I understand now. Um, I just, I live for those, like, moments like that, just, like, the realness of the players. Like, they're not just players on a pitch. Like, they're, they're more than that. They have relationships. I've got uh, a similar one to that. In that, uh, like Pep, who always seems like very cold and sort of reserved right. and very professional. Um, but when in the final press conference, when they were talking about Sergio Aguero and like you could see, you know, the things that he said about him, like he challenged me to be a better manager yeah. because like Sergio Aguero is Manchester City in this like new age. Right. He has given them so much and, and like to try and, like redefine how to manage a player of that right. caliber. Um, I thought it was like touching. It was just a side of Pep that we don't usually we get, to, get see, to see. So I enjoyed that. And then uh, like combined, like paper clipped onto that was him with the cigar. <laughs> yeah, that one. You'll, I'll never forget that video. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I mean, even going back to like Jurgen Klopp, like so, um, Gigi Wijnaldum clearly is leaving Liverpool. Um, and if you continue to watch the coverage you got to see Liverpool do their walk around Anfield um and it just it just kind of shows what kind of manager like Jurgen Klopp literally held Gigi while they walked the whole time and mm-hmm. they were both in tears yeah right um I, for me like I, like I said I, I love that stuff like it just shows that this is it is a business and it's it's really hard to have to say goodbye to players that just like dedicated so much effort to you as a manager and had such I mean we wouldn't have won the Champions League without um one of them yep. uh two years ago yeah it's it's just um I love seeing that emotional side yeah he scored the goal that secured Champions League football that ended up us like losing to Real Madrid but he also scored the goal oh god who did we play before Real Madrid in that final he scored the goal, the crucial goal that allowed us to play in that final. And then he scores. Wasn't it like City? Tottenham? No, Tottenham and City were playing. Ah. Bluebell, please. Was it Atletico? Was it? No, no. Tottenham and that was, uh, that was the year we played Barcelona. He scored oh, right. two goals I in that Barcelona got game. Got it, yeah. Maybe it was City. Was it City in the semifinals? I can't remember. And then we played Real Madrid, and Real Madrid played PSG. I think it was. <sighs> it must have been, yeah. But he scored that one. He scored two in in the uh, the Barcelona, the famous Barcelona. Like he'll be a legend forever. Oh, for sure. Um, this one. Oh, I got one one oh, more I'm manager so moment that isn't Pep or Klopp. That's good. We Sean Dyche in February that you know like they did all their interviews via like Skype and Zoom yeah. this year, which was kind of sad, but um. He's before the interview or the the press conference started. He was talking about going to a pub and playing the game called Looky Likey, which I, is just a phrase in England, I guess. But like, it's the equivalent of like us going to a bar, sitting down with a group of friends, and be like, "Hey, hey, that guy over there doesn't he look like you know whoever, like Chris Evans or something like yeah. that?" And he goes, "It's it's brilliant." He goes, "You get your back your packet of crisps, which is just 
chips. Chips. And uh, you're pint of beer and you sit around with mates and like you, you nudge them. Hey, hey, look at that guy. Look at that guy over there. It looks like Mr. Bean. Oh, and my just, like, God. <laughs> just fucking, you know, Sean Dice is such a scary character. Yeah. For him to be like, it's, it's like he just loved doing that. Like just he was a regular guy. That's so funny. I loved it. I love that too. Um, all right, moving on. Our starting 11, who we would choose. How do you want to do this? Go for it. You can do it. I put a okay. manager on it. I don't know if you want to add a manager to yours. I'll decide after I save my starting 11. Okay. In goal, Big Al Becker for Liverpool. Okay. Um, my four defenders, Trent Alexander-Arnold, John Stones, Tyrone Mings, and Ben Chilwell. Strong back. Strong wing line. My midfielders, Suchek, James Ward-Prowse. Suchek's a good one. Uh, Gundogan. Gundogan? Why can't I? Gundogan. Gundogan. I knew that. I spelled it wrong here. (laughs) And Mo Salah. Up front, I have Jamie Vardy and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Oh, in my... My manager. Who would my manager be? Um, I don't really know who my manager would be. Who's the Leeds manager? I want someone that's all balls to the wall. Marco Bielsa. Yeah, that's my manager. That's a good one. You're gonna. I mean, that's a, a very attacking lineup too. Like, I think he would yeah, love. He would yeah. love that. We don't really I mean, play. my defense may score mo- more goals than my midfielders. Kevin so. Chilwell and Trent. Like. And Stones? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, remember that when he, went all, he yeah. drove, went all the way up? He had like two games in a row where he scored twice. It was more than two games. Oh, all right, who are yours? I need to know. Uh, managing is David Moyes. I think like what he did with West Ham was Shocker. awesome. Um, the assistant manager would have to be Ralph Hasenbuttel. Oh, just because he's the first manager in EPL history to have been at the top of the table once this year and also lose 9 nothing at one point. Okay. <laughs> you gotta have that. Alright, so you goalkeeper is uh, Martinez or Johnson. John Stone. Oh my god, sorry. I thought you were like, like trying to like whisper it and I'm like, no, Martinez. just say it. Uh, and then Matt Target on the left. Uh, Diaz on in the center with uh, Tarkovsky. Or Ben Me, depending on which Burnley guy wanted to show up today. I couldn't decide between <laughs> which, which center back was better. Uh, and then uh, Kufal for uh, West Ham. I thought he was an awesome pickup, too. Okay, fair. Then I've got uh, Fabinho as a center defending midfielder with KDB and uh, Mathis Pereira in front of Good. him. Good. Uh, on the left wing is Ali Watkins. The right wing is Mo Salah. And surprising, my front guy, Iannaccio. Iannaccio, that's a good one. That would be my uh, starting line. Those are good teams. I wonder who would win. Both very attacking. There would be a lot of goals if our teams played each other. I think so, too. And Mo Salah would have to fucking figure out who he's playing for. So I think that's the only player that we have that's the same. Yeah. Well, if most... Suchuk, man, that's a good one. Yeah, he was my first one that I thought of without question. Um, those are good. I like doing that. We should do that beginning, middle, and end. All right. I like that. Um, and then just closing favorite moments. Um, I kind of did a little digging and found two funny ones. Um, just to remind everybody of one, we've definitely talked about two. We, we did it. The first one was when Eric Dyer had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> I have that too. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. And, and he runs off the field. Yeah. Um, How do you not have that? To go to the bathroom. And Joseph just- Mino chased him down. <laughs> Joseph Mino chased him down the tunnel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was a good one. And then I recently found out that Jamie Vardy, his wife, exposed him on Instagram after he won the FA Cup sleeping in his medal. I found the photo. Word on the street was that there was a McDonald's bag next to him, but <laughs> the photo does not show it. They probably like uh, edited it and shipped it Um, out. But he definitely did. Who cares? End of the season. I screenshotted the photo. It, the article said he had a couple too many des- something beers that started with a D, got McDonald's, fell asleep, but this is the photo from his oh wife's Instagram. Oh, that's staged. 
Okay. No, there was more. Oh, there's more. I don't think I didn't screenshot the more ones, but there was more. (laughs) I just thought that was kind of funny. I mean, the guy. I don't have that as a funny moment, but I do have the like Jamie Vardy being able to win an FA Cup. Yeah, that's a phenomenal moment. Um, I think Sergio Aguero season uh, last season with City is just a phenomenal moment to talk about as well. Um. Also, I think um, the fans protesting the ESL. Yeah, that was epic. And then minus that, the the ES, the whole ESL thing, uh, and then obviously Manchester United fans storming the field. They yeah. take that out of it, and I enjoyed the fans like the, they united. I mean, it was, yeah. it's kind of cool. You you don't get many times when the fans do that, and then for them all to be sort of like. All the other t- fans and teams were like, what the fuck, man? And then we were like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, we're on your side. Like, this is bullshit. I, I personally think, um, and this may be my, my final thought, but I think the season, the 1920 season, are two seasons that um, will forever stick with me. Um, the 20, 1920 season, obviously, with the beginning of like COVID, the stress going in, starting the 2021 season with just still COVID, but with just everything that like really happened, just like, um, I mean, my, my favorite teams, injuries, things like that, but just like the racism and just taking stands and just certain things that happened. Like, I just, I feel like, um, because we are a part of the season, it, I feel like the players who and the managers are part of the season are a little bit stronger than anyone else who have ever had to experience it. Um, so I think that, um, people are just going to be more appreciative of, um, and what a normal season fans and everything looks like. I think that this is going to be the start of just something better. No, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. I mean, well, hopefully we'll never have to go through anything. Like I really this freaking hope not. But this wasn't, I mean, it basically was two seasons. Yeah. It was one it, se- one giant two year season. That's yeah. what it felt like. And if I could like personally shake every player's hand because the exhaustion level that these guys, probably have seen it's just like just to say like thank you for like losing time with their family i know every season they do but this year especially like losing time with like their family and friends and just just so they can entertain us like from afar it's just like such an incredible thing And, and it's just like for me it was just like really cool to watch just they're just i don't know i just love this sport so much i guess no i it's your final thoughts are much better than mine. <laughs> what are your final thoughts? Uh, first one is, I think that we are witnessing the end of Tottenham Hotspurs as a like a big six club for a little bit. I think so, um, too. That sucks that they just built that new stadium. Yeah, I don't think you're going to, especially if Harry Kane leaves, I think a lot of players are going to want to go, too. Uh, I don't I think, think that Bale's going to stay, um, and yeah. I don't think they're going to attract. Because any manager that looks at Tottenham right now, that's a two- Two to four year project, and I don't know many great managers that are going to want to risk their career to go to Tottenham. Break so, that part. well, you never know. I mean, maybe, uh, but I don't think he, he's going to be able to do anything. Um, I don't know if I could support him if he went there. It's, but I also didn't say that when he was a Chelsea player, yeah, I never true. supported him. Right. So, um, and then my other one is, uh, and I kind of mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but. Amiric Laporte had a knee injury last year. Didn't really feature that much, even though he was considered to be one of the mainstays at City. Yeah. Virgil van Dyke, really severe knee injury. I am not, I know a lot of fans are going to want him don't to come say it. back. Don't, like, it's I, hard. Don't even put it into the universe. I just, I, I can see him just struggling to get back to pace. I think. I think so too. I think we'll see Laporte do better next year. But like, part of recovering from a major injury like that is also um, confidence. In like, you know, you spent it's so much scary time to out. step back yes, on the pitch. One hundred percent, because you just don't feel like. Yeah. Um, you you don't want to go back to that. So like, you become more hesitant, and it becomes very obvious, which I think Pep picked up on with Laporte, which is why he didn't see a lot of minutes. Right. Um. um and this could be an end of an era for a lot of a lot of changes could be happening. Like yeah. you know, like every seventeen years the cicadas come like back <laughs> out. It's like you know, after so many years, big changes happen. We've seen yeah. so many young players excel this year, and we may see a lot of great players just kind of fade off now. Yeah, and I think, like you said, like um, 
just the pressure that they were put under. I think a lot of a lot of players are going to look and go like, "Is this worth? Is this worth it?" I think it is, but I'm not also not doing it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Either way, it was another phenomenal season. It um, was. Just it was. It just felt like it was 17 seasons um, in one. We also got uh, the Champions League final. This Saturday, so... This or, Saturday. Sorry, this Sunday. Oh, no, this is Saturday. The 29th, right? It's always Saturday. Um, no, Where it was Sunday last out? year. It was it's a Sunday. my wedding. You got married. Yep. Okay, but it's a Saturday this year. Yep, 2 o'clock Did they PM. do that on purpose? Maybe. For your wedding? Maybe. That'd be awesome. Crazy. I still would have watched it then. Wouldn't have mattered. Uh, what are your predictions? Uh, Chelsea versus City. Um, uh, uh. This is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. But I'm thinking 3-2 to City. Give them... 3-2. Wow, that's a big final. The ultimate season. Um, I'm so bad at picking scores, so I just threw a random number out there. But I'm content if City wins. I'm content if Chelsea wins. I think it would be, I mean, the one thing that I could take back, um, uh, the one thing that I'll take if City wins is that Aguero gets to celebrate it. Yeah. And maybe Pep will leave. <laughs> Pep will go <laughs> away. Um, the other big thing happening is June 11th to July 11th, Euros. The Euros. We got not, and not the delicious, um, a, uh, Sam- Grecian Greeks. treat. It's uh, the competition. I don't know if you've seen any of the groups or anything. No? No, sorry. Oh, I was like, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing at the Euro sandwich. <laughs> um, the, yeah, it starts the 11. It's, uh, I don't know if I'm even interested. Like, I, I'm struggling. Like, I'm, it's I'm just, sad. like, ready for a break. Same, same. I am. Um, but, yeah, they will be on, and I, I say that now, but June 11th is a long time from now, and I think I'll miss soccer by you then. Will. I'll probably watch it. But you'll also be busy. Um, but, yeah. Lots of things. Poor, poor players. When will we be back, you ask? You're probably not asking. But in case you are going to ask... Um, we don't know. Beginning of next season. Yeah. Well, I, maybe like a week or two before. Just like we have a few things up. to work out. Yeah, we do. Big things coming. Huge things going all out With for season podcast? three. Oh. Third time's the charm. Oh wow! Yeah, we are. Third time's the charm. We got this. Yeah. Um, heck of a season two. I we've made it through two seasons, and for me, that's that's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm super proud of us. Yeah. So this was this was awesome. It's it's been fun. It's been an adventure. I'm glad that we were able to do this. I can't uh, believe it. Season in review. Can't believe um, it. Really thought like we would not have done the last two yeah. weeks. So. So yeah, it's exciting. Thank you all who have been with us since uh, our first ever episode. It um, and has stuck with us all the way through seasons one and two. We appreciate you guys, and we can't wait to continue to improve for season three. Let's do it. One last time for season two. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Woo! To the weekend. Weekend. (laughs) We did it. All right. We did it. Yeah.